create with Franz Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is episode 132 and today we're going to have a pleasure of talking to a friend called Cindy Hubs Lonsdale and she's coming all the way from Southern California, a really beautiful place for it to be nice and sunny and she's going to talk to us about her journey, a journey to feel good especially after having MS, multiple sclerosis. So we're going to Welcome her to the show and before this we're going to make a disclaimer that this is not constituting medical advice but just sharing and experience in the hope they will be giving you hope and inspiration for the future. So welcome to the show Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm very excited. Cindy and I met in a breathwork forum where uh, Chris Davis, who was my guest about a month ago, was talking about breathwork and we talked about all the success you can have and so much you can do. And then Cindy talked about her diagnosis of MS. But let's go straight to the beginning. What was going on in your life when this happened? Um, so physically, I woke up one day and my I had a leg that was asleep, I thought. And uh, probably halfway through the day, maybe the end of the day, I realized, wow, my leg's still asleep. And I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I kind of, okay, maybe I pinched a nerve. Maybe I didn't know. And then, I don't know, three or four days later, I'm like, this is not right. And it started traveling all the way up to my rib cage. And I was numb from my rib cage all the way down to my toes, where I, I felt like I had a thick padding on me, like it wasn't even me. Um, I didn't have any mobility issues, which was a blessing. I actually had gone to Colorado and hiked to the top of Red Rock with numb legs. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I was going to the doctor and trying to figure out what was going on. And I went through about six months of testing. And then I finally got a diagnosis after a two or three MRIs. And they told me I had MS. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Shocked. Um, I had had some previous, they linked it to a vertigo episode I had probably two years prior to that, which I didn't pay much attention to because we all have odd things that come and go. But all of the little symptoms I had been experiencing, the doctor kind of said, you know what, that's all kind of precursor. And I had active lesions in my spine and in my brain, um, had some scarring, um, and that's how they diagnosed me. Wow. It must have been a really difficult time of your life, but tell me what was going on in your life at that time when you became ill. You mentioned quite a few events. So prior to getting um, I had gone, I was going through a separation, a reconciliation that didn't work, <laughs> um, and then hence went through a divorce, um, but after the divorce then went through a four on the home I was living in, um, I ended up going through a bankruptcy, so a lot of stress, a lot of over-breathing, a lot of not eating right. I mean, in hindsight, I look back and I think there were a lot of things that led up to what was going on with me. Um, and I think ultimately when the stress kind of died down and I got through everything else, then my body went, hello, pay attention to me. <laughs> yes. That's what I feel like happened. Yes. I feel like the audio has been interrupted a few times while you were talking, so I just want to make sure the audience hears. You said the word um, foreclosure that was cut off completely from the audio. 
And um, yeah, so that was devastating to go through all this and just imagine the sleepless night and the stress of cortisol going high. And of course, when our cortisol goes goes high, the immune system goes a little bit all over the place and, and things happen, it starts to attack itself. And so MS isn't just something that you just get a pill and get better or have a vaccine and you're never going to have it. MS can be triggered by many, many events, which are different for every person. Some people have it after having a viral infection. Other people have it because of stress. And then the environment, you know, the diet is not very precise because you're not thinking about your body. You're not taking that time to think about yourself and, and nourish yourself. And, and so this caused a problem in your life. What was going on because you had MS? It's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint. I had the numbness and tingling for about six months. It finally started to subside. Um, I had bladder control issues. I had a lot of brain fog. Um, luckily for me, and I'm very blessed, I didn't have any harsh symptoms. Um, so I am blessed in that respect, but uh, I just had the active lesions in my spine and brain that I was very concerned about. And so I really, that was, that scared me. <laughs> yes. So moving on, when you realize, hey, this is going on, I got a diagnosis, did you decide, well, that's it, I'm MS, I'm going to not be walking in 10 years, they told you you were going to be on a wheelchair, is that correct? Yeah, the doctor had told me um, when he initially diagnosed me, um, I, he said, if, yeah, I don't, if you don't take care of this, you're going to be in a wheelchair in 10 years. And he had, he had prescribed... Uh, pharmaceutical intervention. It was an IV that I was going to get. I forget exactly what it was, but it was a six hour IV that was going to mess with my immune system. And at that time, I was the only one at work that wasn't getting sick because I had pretty good health protocols, just not dialed into the right, <laughs> right uh, thing. Yeah. So, so you were, you were healthy. So did you feel good about taking this uh, IV? I didn't take it. I actually, after I got the diagnosis and what he prescribed for me, I said, okay, I need some time to think about it. Luckily, my neurologist was super supportive of everything I've done. Um, and I took a road trip and I went and talked to my family and I said, look, this is what's going on. This is what they're offering me. I don't want to do it. I had family support to say, you know what, you know your body you do what you think's right for you. And so I declined the medical intervention. Um, and I immediately, I had always practiced yoga, um, but I immediately dived into a yoga teacher training, mainly to learn how to take care of myself. Never wanted to teach. <laughs> I just really wanted to learn um, all about it. And I discovered Ayurveda and here I am. Lots of steps later. Yeah, I mean, Obviously, in the end, and we're going to talk about this intervention you had, but in the end, what happened to your symptoms? So all of my symptoms have stopped. I mean, every now and then, if I go way off of my, what I know I should be doing, I get little tingling, I get little brain fog, and I know that I'm like, okay, you need to clean up and come back on your path. Right. <laughs> So you cannot so, stray off the course. And yeah. for some people, there's a low threshold. You know, as soon as they 
step aside one second ding, and just remind you your arthritis is back or your cancer is back and in this case multiple sclerosis which is no longer a life or death thing is it depends on every person what's the situation and i think it's a mental capability and resilience to say i'm gonna fight this i'm gonna help my body i'm gonna take care of myself and and so tell me a little bit about ayurveda i i know about it but maybe my audience doesn't know what is it well i tell people ayurveda is the sister science to yoga um so it's really tapping into your own body. It's very individual. It's learning about your body and what your body needs and what you're made up of and what's lacking and how to balance that and bring everything back to nature. It's very, it's a very, it's an ancient Indian, India practice. Um, It's been around for thousands of years and life-changing for sure. how did you apply that to your life? What was your daily way uh, of activating the Ayurveda in your life? So very much about listening to my body. What, what is going on and what is it needing and what, and lots of self-care, um, plant-based diet, uh, anti-inflammatory diet was huge for me. That's pretty much the, the path I'm on regularly is just really focusing on anti-inflammation and mm-hmm. taking that down. So when you talk about anti-inflammation diet, I mean, I'm a nutritionist and a herbalist, so I have my ideas, bias, on what is inflammatory. But if you go out in the world, you know, use Google and go and find medical studies, there are so many opposite, polarly opposite views on what constitutes inflammatory foods. So some people might say, like Dr. Gregor, he says that eggs are very inflammatory and you shouldn't have them and meat is very inflammatory. Other people, they will say, no, you need your meat and your veg, even neuroscientists, and you really need them because they're gonna give you all these good things, especially in the cure for autism. You, you look at uh, Natasha and Campbell McBride and all the uh, Benjamin, what was the foundation of the famous dentist? I can't remember his name now. Is it Preston? It's a Preston Foundation, and they are talking about how they heal the um, lots of symptoms of autistic people using meat. And so when you go with lots of foods and oh, uh, histamines are so inflammatory, and um, uh, eggplants and all the nuts are inflammatory. So in the end, we end up we can't eat anything. So how do you pick what is inflammatory for you? How do you learn to read that message? Because obviously, nutrition seems to be more like. It has to be personalized. It's not like one size fits all. Does it make sense? So how do you pick what what works for you? 100%, and that's where the Ayurveda comes in and getting to know your body. Um, I do know that processed foods, refined sugar, um, gluten, if it's not the right gluten, because you can get gluten or wheat products that are imported and not like here in the U.S., we have a lot of junk on the shelves. <laughs> and so it's really focusing on what your body is doing. And so with Ayurveda as well and yoga, um, we do a cleanse with the body about four times a year. That's what's meant to be done. I don't always get it done four times a year, but quarterly with the seasons, you're supposed to be cleansing your body. And when you go through that process, we use a broth, very limited um, kind of tonics, ginger, lemon, 
and a lot of water. And so when you reintroduce the foods, you do it very slowly, one food at a time. And you pay attention to when you're eating that food and what is it doing to my body? How am I feeling? Is it irritating my stomach? Is it irritating my skin? Is it making me feel foggy in the head? And those are the things that we need to pay attention to and be like, okay, that's gonna cause a problem. I need to limit it or get rid of it. Yes. And that takes, I think, a lot of um, resilience and self-discipline because, you know, as a therapist also here, but, you know, as me, everyone, we are so addicted to, um, addicted, I can't pronounce things today, um, sugar and sweet. I mean, even in tomato sauce, you buy tomato sauce and ketchup and very sugar. It's everywhere. And Salty chips. Hmm? Salty, salty chips. chips. If you pick up chips and you turn them over and they say they're salty, but it still has sugar yeah, in them. Yeah, like, that's why? the thing. It's everywhere <laughs> because um, if you listen to Andrew Huberman, you know, number one podcast guy, <laughs> he says, you know, the industry will put it there because the combination of fat, salt and sugar makes everything so appetizing. Not only that you will want more of that, you will want more sugar. So it's like this cycle of dopamine going up. So we have to be kind of aware that unless you're going to the farm and pick, and pick up literally the food as it grows from there, everything else is designed to entice you to have more. That's what the industry will do. We're not evil people. We're trying to sell a product and we're going to make it interesting. Now, if I give you some wholemeal bread and 20% is high fruit, something fructose, corn syrup, that sugary right. thing, that makes you, oh, I want another soothing and calming dopamine relieving slice and then the bread is gonna for some people will do nothing for other people they might become constipated other might have IBS other might become might have a little belly problem and others might start have a foggy thing maybe yeast infection so we are all different it just listening to your body right I see that so guys it isn't just it told me tell me a little bit more about your mindset what was your framework how were you thinking about yourself that's an ongoing journey forever you know it's like learning i've been practicing self-care and self-love for years but that's still an ongoing process every day you know it's like you have to always it, it's it's work you have to focus on what do i want do i want to be sick or do i want to feel well and then some days you don't feel well and then you beat yourself up because you ate something wrong the other day and ugh, you're you know and negative self-talk is the worst <laughs> so you really have to turn that around and be you know love yourself and treat the body so that it's going to carry you through this beautiful life that we I know. And life is a gift. It's a gift, isn't it? When we are born healthy, we shouldn't take that for granted because we can get these diseases and they're terrible. I, I was just going to say a, a lot of times we don't know. And that's where the sickness is kind of a hello or even like skin issues. I have I've had eczema my whole life. That was a precursor to my disease because that's an inflammatory action. So but we don't know that. And my, I, you know, I could say, well, my parents fed me the wrong stuff. Well, that, they didn't know either. <laughs> it's all learning. <laughs> yes. All learning. Yeah. And also the connection, you know, the gut flora, 
all this stuff is very recent, you know, although gut dysbiosis or dysbiosis, as some people say, has been mentioned in my nutritionist study 15 years ago, but really science is now starting to talk about the permeability of the intestine and how things can come out that we shouldn't come out and trigger allergies and all sorts of skin complaints that you shouldn't have in normal people. You start very young and you have all this stuff. Why are you reacting? What are the toxins that are there in your body, in your emotions? And um, I wanted to ask you more because you, you mentioned breath work as part of the things. And uh, not, not a lot of people connect yoga and breath work, but was that a separate thing? How did you incorporate that in your daily um, so, self-nourishing routine. so this has been so I've been I'm also a breathwork instructor I became a certified about a year ago um, but when I was doing yoga breathwork was always my favorite part of it like I just enjoyed how it made me feel it's very relaxing and um, I always tried to meditate but I've never been good at it because my mind is going 80 miles an hour <laughs> but I was literally scrolling social media one day and this free breathwork challenge popped up and I'm a sucker for free. So I'm like, I'll try it. It's free five days. Within two or three days, I signed up for two courses. One was a breath fit challenge. And then the second was um, a three week awakening journey. Fell in love, signed up for the master instructor. I'm so, I don't know if you're with Soma, Chris, who you had on is a Soma yeah. breath instructor Chris also, Davis. which is how yeah. I'm connected to him. Are you in Soma yes. too? Are you in Soma too? Or I'm I am in Chris Davis' group. And you're in what? In the, I'm in the breathwork group of Chris Davis on Facebook. I don't know if you're the people, but they're all there. So we all kind of connect okay, so, wider. So Soma Breath, who I am certified him and me <laughs> and lots of other people, is what I found. And that brought all of the yoga and the Ayurveda, and I had written in a journal one time that I wanted to do a breathwork course and an Ayurveda course. And I set it aside and didn't pay attention to it. And then I ran across this five day breath challenge and I'm now a certified instructor, but it kind of brought everything together that I had been practicing. The yoga, the Ayurveda, the self-love, and then added this layer of breathwork and meditation that I have never experienced before. And it's been life-changing and kind of, like I said, brought everything together and really helped me grow even more. <laughs> so it's been awesome. And I have had, and I didn't mention this, and I want to mention it because I purposely, when I was going through my health journey with the doctors, I had follow-up MRIs every year. I was diagnosed in 2017. Obviously, 2020, I don't think I was, but I've had two in the last two years, and he looked at my MRI and said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's working. I've had zero progression. Mm, incredible. And um, did he not ask you what's your protocol so I can share it with my other patients? You know what? He didn't. Um, and it's interesting because when he diagnosed me, I dove into all kinds of research, and he did give me a link to somebody, I don't even remember who it was or when it was, but he had given me a link to somebody that had healed themselves holistically. I'm pretty sure he gave me a link to somebody, but I can't find that link anymore. So I don't know if it was him. He hasn't asked me specifically, um, but I think we kind of talked about it and 
He's a medical doctor. I respect him. And I know that there's a place for doctors when we need them, but I just chose to yes. go the other route. Yeah, there are so many ways to, to achieve healing. There isn't just one way. Absolutely. I might go to Donna Eden, and she might tackle MS completely from an energetic point of view. I might go to uh, the emotion code guy, Bradley Nelson, he will say, oh yeah, I can do this. So everyone has his own way. There's a quantum, you know, there's so much we can do. So there isn't just a thing of going there, getting a pill, an injection or whatever. Sometimes we have more options and it's always good to have a look at what is resonating with us. And um, yeah, we, we have a few more minutes. So would you be able to share with us, with our audience who is eager, maybe there is somebody, someone here who has MS and would like to go a different route first and, and see what happens, so complement what they're doing with a doctor, with something. So a bit more holistic, what would you suggest? So my, my first thing is like get in touch with yourself. How do you feel? Um, diet, clean up your diet, get rid of refined and processed foods. Um, I take some supplements specific to nerve and brain health. Um, alpha lipoic acid and it's interesting also because even the supplements and things that I do sometimes I back off of them because I just want to see are they really working you know is this really working so I'll back off and sure enough symptoms will start to bubble up and I'm like uh-huh alpha lipoic acid I stopped taking that probably November and last I don't know maybe three weeks ago I started having some tingling in my feet like I felt like I was stepping on rocks or something and I kept looking on the ground I'm like oh interesting I started taking my alpha lipoic acid again and immediately that tingling went away um, I take a lion's mane mushroom powder in my coffee every day and that is for nerve and brain health I'm not a doctor so don't do these without re doing your own research and getting somebody to help you um, but these are the things that I have found that have helped me I do ginger and lemon Every single morning when I get up before I'm allowed to have coffee, I have to finish my ginger. That's been anti-inflammatory. I was doing that before I was diagnosed. That's helped me with keeping weight off, keeping me healthy. Like I said, I'm the only one at work that was getting sick. Everybody was having colds all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I use a lot of essential oils. Um, those have really helped me. I've been using those again for probably 10 years, but these are all things that like I said, I was doing, and then I've just kind of added things to help with specific nerve and brain health. Excellent. So you've done your research and now you found things that are making you feel great. So we can only learn that it's a good attitude and, and can do attitudes, can help more than just sit there as a well. Now I'm ill, I'm gonna be ill for the rest of my life. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's this thing of knowing that your body is crying for help and maybe all it needs, as in case of Dr. Waltz, this very special um, person who had MS and, and she realized, oh, I'm lacking the greens here after so much research. She started to have greens and a pound a day of greens and she got so much better. And then when she didn't have those greens, immediately she had the symptoms returning. So she has to have that quantity of greens and those supplements. And you think, well, isn't that like the natural thing we should be eating all these greens and when you go to a grocery store or supermarket you know maybe there'll be a tenth 
is the fresh food aisles, and there's never discounts on them. The discounts are always on the junk food. So you, you tend to go and say, oh, I don't have much money. I'm going to buy, you know, all these processed ready meals. If it comes in a packet, you think, hmm, should that be the majority of my food or not? And um, I think that's the thing. We don't know what's inside it. And, right. it, you know, we don't know what's, what's that going to do to our cells and to the ganglia, the nerves and the brain. We're so complex and everything interacts. And so eventually we might be saving, okay, it might be more expensive to buy proper food and to cook from scratch. It might be more expensive. But I think when the time you're going to spend at the doctor's later because obesity, inflammation, gum disease, whatever, heart attack, they, they can come to anyone, but more so when we're not listening to what, what the body wants. So, you know, I'm so glad that you came to the show to show that it is possible to feel better. It is possible. You're right here. You're talking. You're, you're walking. I can't see you walking. Yes. But I know you walk. <laughs> I'm wa- I can walk. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I can attest to this and you know, I promise she's walking. <laughs> so yeah, our time is over. So I want to thank you so much, Cindy, for being thank to my show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So um, tell us if we can find you somewhere. So I I do have a um, blog that I've written all about my journey and all my practices. It's under um, holistic wellness with Cindy. Um, I'm on Cindy Hubs Lonsdale on Instagram, Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. I just started as a as a challenge with Soma Breath. So that's been kind of fun. That's a whole new aspect of life. (laughs) Um, But yeah, everything's in my blog. So that's and then feel free to reach out. I have, I love to answer any other questions if anybody has any. That's brilliant. So everyone, you know where to go. We told you all, and I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and it gave you hope and inspiration to, maybe you don't have a mess, but just to clean up the diet and clean up the toxins from your life and get rid of all these negative vibes coming in because we have to love ourselves as well. And remember, we have a body and they will eventually scream and say, here we go, we got fibromyalgia to wake you up, we got MS to wake you up, we got chronic fatigue. There's always something there that needs mm-hmm. to, to be I say that a lot. I say if your body's talking to you, you need to listen because if you don't mm-hmm. listen, it's going to start screaming at you. Gonna, <laughs> that's the thing. They shout to you like, hey. And I, I do have friends that said, oh, I got fibromyalgia and, and it's trying to stop me doing things, but... And it's not going to stop me. I, I have a bath first and I take this medicine, that medicine, then I feel better. And then I go and I do all I want and I get super tired, but I don't care. It's not going to stop me. And actually, they don't realize fibromyalgia um, is there because the body says, I had enough. You need to stop. And it's trying to stop you. And so the more you keep running, the more your body will give you fibromyalgia, and spasm. It's a typical personality that you want to do it all serve everyone help the world but you're not helping yourself and you have you to help stop. yourself first yes i have so many people so many so many therapists they work only with fabro because these are amazing people they want to do it all and they don't stop and so fabro goes go stronger and stronger until they mobilized and then we probably ah i have to stop yes i have to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> give myself not, a rest yeah and you're not a bad person if you're not always running to help uh, save the world you're not a bad person you have also to help yourself so you can help the world 
Absolutely. And I want to say too, you said something about the produce being expensive and eating healthier is expensive. I always say as well, if you think wellness is expensive, try illness. Oh yes. Especially my sits with this, uh, the prices of going to the doctor. <laughs> exactly. $50,000 to have a baby. Yeah, guys, I'm going to get healthy. Well, thank you. My time is over. So thank you so much for being with me. And guys, if you like this episode, share it, subscribe, send it to somebody, click like, write a review, do something positive about it. And I wish you a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've listened to Create with Franz Sidney.